Welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman, the owner of the law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD, located in Newton and Nantucket, Massachusetts. Hi, and welcome to Inside Divorce. Today, I'm sitting with Michael Sherman, whose business is called Graduate to Employment. Hi, Michael. Hi, Hindel. Welcome to Inside Divorce. So I want to talk to you today about your business. First, I want to, I'd like to hear about yourself. Tell me about yourself. I appreciate you uh, you inviting me in today. I live in Needham, Massachusetts. I have two children. I have a son who just graduated from high school and is on his way to college. And I have a daughter who just graduated college and is now working in what you and I would call the real world. Professionally, I've always worked in the fields of staffing and recruitment. For the last, prior to opening my business, I ran global hiring for Bank of America Merrill Lynch. That's impressive. Well, yeah, it was big. I was accountable for every hire that was made across the world, from the teller on Main Street to the chairman of the board. You know how to assess personality. Well, yeah, uh, across 41 countries. And so um, it was a great job, which included hiring 5,000 young people every year off campus, whether they be into an internship or an entry-level opportunity. Wow, what an interesting job that must have been. It was interesting is the word for it. You'd wake up and look at your BlackBerry and see what happened last night in Japan. Wow, that's fascinating. So how did you get started with your own business, Graduate to Employment? Well, as I said, I've done nothing professionally um, over the years except for staffing and recruitment. And uh, there had been one consistent theme that ran through both my personal as well as professional life. And that would be my wife and I would be out with another couple or a friend of mine would be watching a Patriots game with me. And uh, he or she uh, would, would say, I have a favor to ask of you. And that favor was, would you talk to my son or daughter? Uh They are either uh, in college or have recently graduated from college and could really use some advice on how to navigate their job search. I would have senior members at the places that I worked, including board members of Bank of America, knock on my door. Um, It would shock me that they knew who I was, number one. (laughs) And number two, they'd always start with, Michael, I have a favor to ask of you. And when a board member says, I have a favor, absolutely. How can I help you? So you were connected. Well, it was just, Michael, would you talk to my son or my daughter? They have just graduated or are in the process of their senior year. And I, the mom or dad, can see that they really need some help. Yeah. you know, navigating their, their process of finding the right job. And I stress the right job. So you help young adults transition out of college into the workforce. That's correct. I am. If you think about the concept of a college coach, which really um, will help with the transition from high school to college with the process starting, you know, you want big, you want small, you want north, you want south, what do you want to study, that type of thing. And then once that list is compiled, really helping that student with that process of essays and everything about it, I consider myself the college coach at the back end of the process. So really, I'm an extension of what parents that have kids in school want career services to be but a very, very individualized, tailored to each client, because every client is different, uh, career services part. So it's a very unique field. Never heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I do presentations uh, all over the country, and the presentations are I try and educate parents of how different it is for our kids. And I say our kids because my daughter just graduated. For our kids' generation to find work than it was when I graduated. I'm 55 years old, and graduated from Emory University in 1986. And the reality of my life was if you owned a white shirt and a tie in 1986, you got a job. Well, that easy, huh? That was kind of how I felt about <laughs> it. And it is completely different for, for these kids. Okay. And so when I do these presentations, I put up a slide 
And one of the slides that I have is a Google screenshot and it says college admissions coaches, which there's been a lot of that in the news recently. And in 0.51 seconds, you get a million and a half hits. Uh -huh. So there's so much support for these young people on the transition from high school to college. Yeah. There is not that level of support from the transition from academic to professional life, yeah. which I would argue, having gone through both transitions this year in my house, yeah. that it is more stressful getting out than getting in. That surprises me. I believe you. Yeah. That surprises me because um, going uh, from high school to college is uh, obviously stress, quite stressful. So yeah. this is even worse more stressful for, for uh, graduates for wondering reasons. what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Well, I mean, there's two, you know, numerically, there's two million young people that graduate every year. There's a limited amount of opportunities for these entry-level candidates. The competition's never been more fierce. There's more, there's more young people living at home since the Great Depression. Yeah. Um, if you graduate without a job, the average amount of time it takes to find a job is seven and a half months mm -hmm. if you graduate. And during that seven and a half months, what do these kids have? that yeah. you and I didn't have, smartphones. Yeah. And so they may have done all the right things and gone to the right colleges and got up for their 830 classes. They have friends that went to quote unquote lesser schools yeah. um, that got jobs. Uh -huh. Or they have friends that went to school with them uh -huh. that slept through the 830 class but got jobs. And how do they know this? Because every time they pick up their smartphone, there's everybody's information right there. So the stress comes from all the competition or the resentment or the jealousy? It's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of different emotions that these young people. Um, and, and, you know, what I try and let them know is that's normal, mm -hmm. but it doesn't help move us forward. Mm -hmm. And we need to move forward rather than I can't believe XYZ got a job. He, you know, he didn't get up before were a noon. Goof off. Well, he didn't get up before noon <laughs> yeah. for four years. Yeah. And I can't believe he got a job. Got and I say, well, good for XYZ. That yeah. doesn't help us. Well, the other thing daunting about transitioning from college, I guess, is it's the first step into the rest of their lives. Right. College, the transition from high school to college is a transition to four years. So it doesn't feel maybe quite as overwhelming, as overwhelming as it actually is yep. to choose a college, move away from home make new friends, live, you know, live and sleep somewhere else and having all those obligations of college. So it's an interesting fact that you just pointed out. It's interesting as well because statistically, as I say, those who graduate without a job, about seven and a half months, statistically, um, my daughter's generation will have six and a half jobs by the time she's 30. And so what young people have to understand is there's a bias that hiring managers have against them. And those hiring managers, when these young people walk in to interview, mm -hmm. a hiring manager looks at a new graduate and says, okay, so this person wants to get hired on Monday. They're going to request to work from home Tuesday. Uh -huh. They want to raise on Wednesday. They want a promotion Thursday, and they're going to quit Friday. Uh -huh. And so your job as a new graduate is to overcome that stereotype. Uh -huh. And I explained to my clients, it's not fair, but it's true in where, terms of that's what you have to overcome. Where did that stereotype come from? I mean, it happens, obviously. It's uh, happened here in this office. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I think what has happened over the years is young people have come into companies yeah. and they've seen their parents' generation. Their, the companies don't stand by their parents' generation like they did in the past. Oh, so, the companies aren't loyal to their loyal, staff? Exactly. That's the word I was looking oh. for. So companies aren't loyal. I think this generation has seen the lack of loyalty that companies have towards their so, parents. So this is a backlash to the lack of loyalty. I think so. Oh. So you had these parents that have worked in the same companies for 30 years. Unfortunately, the company's had a couple of bad earnings seasons in a row and has to reduce a headcount. Company's biggest expense comes with two feet. And so therefore, some tough decisions are made. And I think this generation has seen that maybe that loyalty isn't there from the company point of view. Yeah. So I'm going to look out what's best for me. Yeah. 
And what I think is best for me is if I think it's best to move, I won't show that company loyalty. I'll make that move. It does make hiring much more challenging yes. from a, from me, at least an employer point of view. Exactly. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I talk to my clients about is, you know, overcoming that stereotype and explaining to somebody in a hiring position, you know, that what you're interested in is opportunity and not just, you know, opportunity in the traditional uh, definition, which is career advancement, more money. Mm -hmm. But that's what I call vertical opportunity, but horizontal opportunity, which means if I'm able to join your company, what are the opportunities for me to be exposed to new things, to learn new things? I'm inquisitive by nature. I like to learn. And oh, by the way, that's going to make me a more valuable employee to the company at the end of the day. Okay. So imagine what you teach our life lessons or are beginning to teach new graduates about life lessons, things that are important for them to learn now that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I'd like to think so. And it's been a, it's been a wonderful byproduct of my business. Mm-hmm. When I started my business, like most businesses that have websites, I decided to have a client testimonial page. Mm-hmm. And what I thought I was going to get on the client testimonial page was, Thank goodness that, you know, we hired Michael. He helped little Janie get a job and Janie's thrilled and uh, we recommend Michael and thank you very much. That's not what I get. I get a lot of feedback from clients on life lessons that their sons or daughters have obtained while working with me. So to answer your question, things like being able to overcome objection, being able to network with someone that you don't know, being able to communicate without looking at a phone, Uh having a conversation with someone about what you want to do that's not necessarily a job interview. Uh But when I worked at Bank of America, for example, we would hire, as I said, we would hire 80,000 people a year across 41 countries. We would receive 2.6 million resumes a year. That's inconceivable. Yeah, I did not have the staff to review 2.6 million resumes. And so... How does it work in, quote, unquote, the real world? Well, my phone would ring and someone on the other side would introduce themselves as a banker in Southern California. And yeah. We'd have a nice conversation. And the banker would say to me, the Smith family are very good clients of ours. Uh-huh. And uh, Jane Smith, the daughter, has applied for an opportunity last night. Could you please make sure that Jane gets consideration? Uh-huh. And not hired, because I can't make sure Jane gets hired. But consideration, 100 out of 100 times. Uh-huh. So you figure out who the recruiter is, you yeah. call the recruiter, go into the system, find Jane's resume. I'd like you to bring her in and please let me know how it goes. Okay. And so that's how it works. And that's navigating into a company. This generation, unfortunately, thinks that if they want to work at, we'll stay with Bank of America, for example, I'm going to work at Bank of America. I've gone to a good school. I've majored in economics and I've gotten good grades. So of course they're going to want me. Bankofamerica.com slash careers. They go for a run and they're flabbergasted when they get back from their run and Bank of America hasn't responded. <laughs> when can you come in for an interview? Right. And so explaining to the young people, it doesn't work like that. You so have to find real people. world lesson. Real yeah. world. You have to yes. find people to what I call evangelize your candidacy uh-huh. to make that call. Uh-huh. And you know, young people will tell me, well, they don't have a network. Yeah. And my daughter, I reference my daughter all the time, Gabby, Uh who said Gabby wanted to work in New York after graduation. And I said, okay, we've got to figure out who your network is in New York. Well, I don't know anybody in New York. Well, one of the young ladies that she lived with for for four years uh, lived in Greenwich. And I said, when you walk into Nat's house, how does John Mm -hmm. greet you? Oh, with a hug and a kiss and great to see you again. 
I happen to know that John is a very successful business person mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. Now, Gabby's not going to go work for John, mm -hmm. but can Gabby ask John, hey, John, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'd love to do this in Manhattan. Might you make some introductions? I'd love, A, advice for me, yeah. companies that I should be looking at, yeah. organizations that I should become affiliated with. And secondarily, John, would you be willing to open up your Rolodex uh -huh. to make any introductions that you think I could benefit from? Uh -huh. And yeah. so that's, those are some of the lessons that, it's a skill that they don't teach in college, right? No, unfortunately. And and my son, as I mentioned, who is transitioning into college, yeah. we did the college visits all spring. And, you know, you walk along as this nomadic tribe, all the families yeah. are there, and you've got the young person pointing out that's the freshman dorm, and that's the new cafeteria, and that's the library, and and the kids are all, oh, that's exciting. That looks like, and I'm the one who wants to know, okay, where's career services? Uh -huh. You know, how many of your people graduate, you know, with jobs? jobs? If they don't graduate with jobs, how long can they work with career services? What employers regularly come here? Yeah. And the rest of the parents on, the, on these little visits would turn around and look at me and go, those are very good questions. Yeah, right. You've done well, this before. That's, I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, and you're in the business too. So those are important life lessons. And let's tie this to divorce a little bit. So because I can see the value of your services to divorcing parents, for example, who just don't either have the wherewithal, the emotional capacity to kind of guide their graduating child into the work world because they're going through their own drama sure. in a divorce. So how can how can you be helpful to divorcing families? Well, this is a very stressful time in a young person's life. And let's go back to the college coach concept of why families will retain a college coach. They will do so for one of two reasons. Either they don't have the faith in the local guidance counselor at XYZ High School and they want more individualized attention. Or more often than not, they'll retain a college coach for the reason I did for my children. Yeah. And I was certainly felt, I felt that I was qualified yeah. to work with my kids through that process. It's an extreme or stressful time yeah. for these young people. And I didn't want my house 24 seven to be about where are you with Michigan? Somebody at the office applied to Tulane. They see my car in the driveway and say, oh my goodness, if he asks me about Tulane, I'm going to explode. Mm -hmm. And I am, again, I know I'm, excuse me, I know I'm repeating myself. It's more stressful getting out. Uh -huh. So I can imagine that the families that you are helping to, you know, rectify what is, you know, a, a marriage that isn't working, yeah. that's going to be an extremely stressful environment for all the folks involved, including the children. So in a way, a person like you is better qualified, not only because of your experience, but also because of your focus on the kid to help them transition to employment uh, because their parents are probably a little distracted if they're getting divorced. I think that's correct. And I also think that it's extremely, the divorce, I would think, causes extreme stress amongst the family unit. Yeah. The young person who's in their senior year or recently graduated is going through their own level of stress, even in the happiest of homes. Yeah. So if you have a home that's going through a divorce, i.e. a stressful situation, and you've got a 22-year-old who is, you know, in, in his or her, you know, second spring semester at Notre Dame and in majoring in history and having no idea how, when, or where they're going to find a job, that's stressful. Yeah. And so I think the way that I can be of help to families is, as you said, kind of outsource uh -huh. um, that process, uh -huh. much like... You're like a surrogate parent. Well, in a lot of ways, <laughs> I, I will tell you one of the funner things that's happened, that has happened multiple times, that happened last week to me, is clients will call me and say, Michael, they called, I got the job. Yeah. 
And I say, of course you did. Uh -huh. And I said, you were qualified and you were pregnant. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. What did your folks say? Uh -huh. I haven't told them yet. I called you first. Called you first. Wow. So that's happened. You must feel joyful when you have that it's kind of success. Very, it's been very fulfilling. Yeah. Um, I explained to my clients that I treat them all um, as if they were my children. Uh -huh. And having said that, there are going to be some times when I speak to them and they're not going to like what I have to say, uh -huh. much yeah. like I speak to my kids and sometimes they don't like what I have to say. Yeah. But I coach them through the process. Yeah. And my offering is unique to the, if you go to my website, graduate to employment.com, yes. you will see the schools that I've worked with clients and it is Harvard to Hawaii uh -huh. and every place in between. Okay. If a yeah. student is local, I will meet with he or she in person. The vast majority of my work is done via telepresence. Yeah. And so I will meet with clients. I start out meeting with clients weekly and then as activity warrants it, I will meet with a client as much as he or she wants to feel comfortable about whatever that activity is. So I, I had a client two weeks ago that was having a final interview with the home away down in Texas yeah. and very bright young lady, Abby. And we did a mock interview on Monday and I said, Abby, you nailed it. 10 out of 10, no critiquing. Perfect. She said to me, that's wonderful. Can we do this again Wednesday? So I said, of course. Mm -hmm. We did another mock interview on Wednesday and I, I started asking questions like, what are you going to wear? Make sure there's no road construction. We don't want to be late. Ab tremendous. And she said, thank you. Can we do this again tomorrow? <laughs> so I said, of course. So I met with Abby once again on Thursday yeah. and I don't even remember what I said. Abby, questions, I yeah. did. I yeah. said, I, and I, Abby said to me at the end of Thursday, she said, I'm ready. Okay. And I said, Abby, you were ready Monday. Uh -huh. I said, but now you know you're ready. And Abby got the job, that homeboy. So um, it's very, it's very rewarding. And I just, I will work with clients. Uh, I work on a retainer basis, and yeah. I will meet with clients as often as they want during that retainer. So that leads me to the question: What is the retainer? Uh, it's eighty five hundred dollars. Okay, so that's a fixed fee. Yes, and for a fixed fee, I start out, as I say, meeting with new clients on a weekly, and we start with the basics. Yeah, we start with what these young people have to understand is companies are not hiring them based on their ten years of experience because they don't have it. Yeah. So companies are hiring them based on attributes. Well, what are those attributes? Leadership, communication skills, analytical skills. Are you able to articulate that you have these on a resume, in your LinkedIn profile, in a networking conversation? What is networking? It's not a job interview. Mm -hmm. It's not every networking conversation will start the same way. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. I, as, as I said, I went to Emory University. I graduated in 1986. My friends, some of my best friends to this day, all over the country, where do they send their kids to school? Boston. Uh -huh. So I get calls all the time. Uh -huh. Would you meet with my son or my daughter? And my, of course I will. Uh -huh. How can I say that? How hypocritical would it be if I preach networking not to meet with a son or daughter? So they all start the same way. I love your mom. I love your dad. How can I help you? Uh -huh. The right answer to that question is, Mr. Sherman, I'm in my senior year at Boston College. I think I want to stay in Boston. I'm majoring in communications. I think I want to work in an internal environment within a corporate situation. How you can help me, Mr. Sherman, is what advice would you have for me? Mm -hmm. Are there organizations I should be looking at? Are there groups I should become affiliated with? Yeah. Are there specific companies I should be looking at? And equally important, Mr. Sherman, would you be willing to make professional and personal introductions that you think would help me? That's the right answer to how I can help you. Okay. The wrong answer to how I can help you is, oh, I love your mom or dad. How can I help you? Well, they say, you know, everybody in Boston. Well, I don't. And what am I supposed to do with that? Uh, yeah, we need so more again, specific. Coaching my clients through that and explaining to them, 
you know, that when I debrief them after a networking conversation, and if I tell them this proactively, if you say, if I say, how did it go with your mom's roommate? And you say to me, she was great. What a nice lady. Okay. That's a failed meeting because uh-huh. I can introduce you to a lot of nice people, uh-huh. but they're not going to get you closer with John. My friend, Kenny is an orthodontist in DC, not a nicer guy in the world, but I don't have clients meet with Kenny unless they want to be an orthodontist in DC. <laughs> so how can this person help you? Yeah. yeah. Lots of really good information, Michael. Appreciate it. Uh, I think that you've been valuable information for people divorcing and how we as parents can help our children uh, become productive members of society through employment. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny. A year ago, uh, last summer, my wife said to me, um, my daughter was about to enter her senior year, and my wife said to me, um, you have to start treating Gabby like a client uh-huh. and having less dad conversations with Gabby and more client conversations. Because my clients, we track everything and activity and spreadsheets and so on and so forth. And candidly, I wasn't having those conversations with Gab. And so I had to have, I had to say to her, in addition to the, how are you doing, honey? What are you doing this weekend? Would you be willing once a week to have those types of conversations with me? And she said, yes, I need them. So I affectionately, Gabby was affectionately referred to over the last year in my house as my Highest maintenance, lowest paying client. <laughs> so, but I'm proud to say Gabby graduated and is employed. Oh, she is. Yes, she is. She is employed. Thank you. She is employed in New York City and having sticker shock over lack of size, but cost of apartments. Yes, I imagine. In New York City. But um, no, it's been it's been great. And I'm, I'm very pleased to uh, have been able to, I think, add some value and you know, helping these young people and families through some very stressful situations okay. and times. All right. So, Michael, tell the audience how they can reach you. Uh, you can reach me a variety of different ways. My website is graduate to employment. Two is spelled out. One word, no space. Graduate to employment.com. There's information about me. There's a bio section on there. You can see the schools that I've worked with. I am currently working with a freshman at Harvard, a freshman at uh, Northwestern. So there are some families that will retain me early in the process. I'm also working with some young people in their early 30s that just needed some direction. So that's all explained on the website. You can see the schools that I've worked with and uh, you can email me at michael at graduate2employment.com or you can always reach me at 781-856-1600. Thank you so much, Michael. It's my pleasure. This is Hindel Grossman, uh, Inside Divorce. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.